You're listening to episode number 47 of the Nurture Me podcast. So as an inquisitive mind, I wanted to learn more about Ayurveda. I've been seeing it a lot on Instagram and on the internet lately. I think that we touched about it briefly at nutrition school, but uh, still not very well versed on the topic. So I reached out to Parm Segu, who is an engineer turned spiritual teacher, and her spiritual journey led her from feeling lost, stuck, and alone in life to finding her purpose and giving back to the world in a way that resonates with her. So Parm now guides spiritual seekers through their spiritual awakening, limiting beliefs and blockages, and to higher states of consciousness and fulfillment in life, a gift that she believes is everyone's right. So Parm is talking to us today about the importance of Ayurveda on the spiritual path and as a complement to Western medicine. So welcome to the podcast, Parm. You're listening to the Nurture Me podcast. The only podcast that teaches you how to transform your physical and mental well-being so that you can feel your very best. We firmly believe that life is more than another diet. It's time to hear from the experts and support the self-love revolution. Here's your host, educator, nutrition and mindset coach, Jenna Lesser. So what led you to become a spiritual teacher? I actually became a spiritual teacher for my own journey. So I remember feeling really discontent with the world and the state of my life and just the way everything was going. I was, you know, I was an engineer. I was a full-time engineer working at a startup. And I thought that I could be making a difference in the world with this, right? Like this was the entire reason that I pursued this this career. And what I found was that I wasn't making a difference. You know, there was this intense inner conflict between, between my head and my heart, right? My head was like, okay, it's not practical. If I quit, it's not practical. If I try to do something else, but my heart was like, well, you know, this isn't it. Like, this isn't the answer. Like, sure. We've spent five years and, you know, X amount of dollars getting this degree and and getting here, but it's just not the answer. And after a while, I kind of, I ended up quitting. I didn't know what I was doing. I just committed to my yoga practice because it was the only thing that brought me peace. And I didn't know it at the time, but yoga is a spiritual path, right? And and yoga, and it said that yoga is the teacher of yoga and yoga itself brought me onto the path and took me further and further. And the only thing that I knew at the time was that yoga is making me so so peaceful it's making me smile it's making my days feel lighter and I would say that it really it just happened it's not something that I set out to do it's just something that I kind of fell into or was guided into that's a better way to put it Mm, that's beautiful I think I have a different relationship with yoga (laughs) (laughs) it starts like that it definitely does it starts it's like, mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. but it grows. Mm-hmm. I'm just curious, what what type of yoga do you do or did you do when you were starting out? When I first started, I would say it was power yoga. So it was then uh, it was on my university campus. It was power yoga. We had weekly sessions. From there, I went to hot yoga. Um, that was really it. And eventually, I found that you know, it wasn't taking me as deep as I wanted to go. Like I felt like I had hit kind of like a glass ceiling 
but going the other way, right? Like yoga takes you deep. It doesn't, right? But that yoga had taken me as far as I could go. And then afterwards, I kind of just let all of that go and started my own practice. I really just explored my body and explored what felt good to me and, and you know, where I really needed those stretches. And, and that's what made the difference, right? Like taking the attention to my own body and what I need, as opposed to following like a rigid routine that's already set, right? Yeah, totally. So tell us about Ayurveda. What is that? Ayurveda is such a beautiful science. It is a science of life and it's a sister science of yoga. So what it actually is, is it's kind of this breakdown of the material universe into building blocks, right? Like, I mean, when you look around you, could you say like, you know, there are five building blocks to everything that you see? <laughs> Not necessarily, right? But what Ayurveda does is it breaks it down into, you know, earth, water, fire, air, and ether. And then it kind of categorizes everything based on these and the subsequent properties. So when we talk about health and our bodies and, and what we put into our bodies, it's really important to understand our constitution, right? Like what percentage of the elements make up our bodies right like if we're mainly an earth-based kind of body if we have mainly an earth-based body then you know what we eat would be different if we have mainly an air and ether type body right and that's what makes it so powerful is because by aligning with the rhythms in ayurveda and the rhythms in our body we can essentially maximize our health right and, and then that makes yoga easier and then that makes meditation easier and that makes the ultimate goal of going inwards so much easier how would we I guess find out like what that constitution is or is it at the same for everyone no that's a really good question actually because you wouldn't know off the top of you know just like looking at someone unless you were trained in that so um, there are a lot of telltale things like the qualities of your mind, the way that your facial features are, the tendencies of your body, like do you sleep a lot more? Does your nose look a certain way? What is your hair like? Your finger, like that kind of stuff. And there is actually, there are online quizzes that you can do that'll just ask you some questions and then they'll tell you what your nature is or your nature would be your constitution. And they'll also tell you a little bit about imbalances that you have in your body. So those are really, really useful. Oh, okay, awesome. Do you have a quiz like that on your site? Or where would you recommend that someone go find out? I don't. <laughs> but I, I recommend Banyan Botanicals. They have a really, really good one. Okay, perfect. That's awesome. I'm going to check that mm -hmm. out after our call. And what are doshas? Can you explain those? I've heard those that term a few times in the Ayurveda world. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I mentioned the five elements before and the doshas, the three doshas come from the five elements. So the five elements combine in a certain way to create the three doshas, right? So I mentioned a few body types before. And so kapha is mainly earth and water based. So you can imagine earth is heavy, right? Heavy, slow moving, moist. Okay, so that's kind of the kapha properties. And, and it's not just the body, right? It affects the mind as well. So your mind is a little bit slower, more methodical, that kind of thing. The next dosha is pitta, which is mainly fire-based. So it's fire and a little bit of water. And this is, you know, this is more like the muscular, kind of the sharp intellect, 
the uh, Pitta people are generally very good looking. <laughs> and then there's the Vata type. So Vata is a combination of air and ether. So this is more, you have a thinner body, a thinner frame, less fat on the body, more of a restless mind, right? You're kind of all over the place. You're very creative types as well, right? Vata is air and, and movement, right? So it's very creative. So, and what's really powerful about these doshas, like I mentioned, is it's not just your body that they define, right? They define, so imbalances in the doshas can tell you about imbalances in your body. And these imbalances can manifest as diseases and illnesses. And so if you know your doshas and you know your imbalance, you can know exactly how to correct literally anything that goes wrong in your body, as well as in your mind, right? Because a vata imbalance, for example, can manifest as sleeplessness, insomnia, or a racing mind, restlessness, like constant restlessness, arthritis, or, you know, really frizzy, dry hair, dry skin, like it manifests in so many different ways. So it's so powerful to know just what the doshas are and, and how to keep them in balance and what foods complement your doshas. So if knowing what your dosha is and knowing what the imbalance in your body is, like what type of things would one do to balance that? Or is it very specific? Probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is actually. So based just because we all have different constitutions, there's no uh, one size fits all solution. But there are many treatments in Ayurveda that can help you bring it back into balance, right? So my pop, my body type is Pitta Vata. So it's a combination of the two. And I know that for me, I generally get Vata imbalances, especially in fall. So fall is when it's Vata season, right? So the air starts to get drier and cooler, lots of movement. You know, that's when your fingertips are cold, <laughs> your, your knees start to feel cold and you're kind of, you know, you get into that. You want to eat more grounding things, right? And the purpose of that is to counteract your imbalance. So in Ayurveda, like increases like, right? So if you have a Vata imbalance, you don't want to be eating cold things right so food also has this oh there's so much <laughs> food also has this proper these properties energetic properties right some foods are heating some foods are cooling some foods will make your mind kind of you know they'll stimulate the mind a lot coffee is a great example some foods will depress the mind right and the effects are reflected in the body and the mind so to balance your doshas there's a lot of treatments ayurveda has a lot of treatments you can also work through food, right? Eat the op foods, eat foods with the opposite qualities, right? So a vata person would want to eat heavier foods. A pitta person, uh, which is fi a fiery person, would want to eat cooling foods, right? Because if you're constantly eating lots of spice, lots of chocolate, lots of things like that, that agitate the mind, then you're agitating your pitta, right? You want to bring it down. So drink lots of water, have lots of cooling foods and that kind of thing. So this might be a redundant question, but like what causes the imbalances? Would it be like seasons and types of food that we're eating based on our dosha and our constitution that aren't in alignment? Or I guess, how does that work? <laughs> yeah, that's a great question. And it's, it's not very redundant, actually, because it is not that intuitive it's really a lack of knowledge that causes these, right? So a lack of knowing your own constitution and the types of food you should eat and the rhythms at which you should eat, right? Like if you look at nature, there's a certain time at 
every day that the same things will happen. And our bodies are built in the same way, right? We're built to rise with the sun, to eat at certain times, and then set with the sun as well, right? Go to sleep in a sense. And by not sleeping at the right times, by not eating at consistent times, by not eating the right things, then you're setting yourself up for failure, right? Like so many of the things that we see today are lifestyle diseases. And in Ayurveda, any food in excess can become poison, right? Regardless of if, of if it's a superfood, like if you're eating kale, but if you're eating it three times a day, every single day, like it becomes poison in the body, right? That's where stuff like gluten intolerance or lactose intolerance comes from. Gluten intolerance comes from there being an excess of gluten in the body that the body is unable to process. And so you become gluten intolerant, right? Yeah, totally. Um, and that's a lot what I deal with in my practice, right? And I think that even for myself, like looking back, like I, I am now intolerant to eggs, but I was like, there was a time where I ate like eggs three times a day, like for, for months on end. And I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense why that came about, <laughs> but even gluten, right? So many people that I talk to on a regular basis are, you know, having cereal for breakfast, a sandwich for lunch and pizza for dinner. Right. Mm -hmm. So they're almost overexposing themselves to a certain, yeah. you know, nutritional property. Mm -hmm. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love the way that you explain that. I think that that's amazing. So how can Ayurveda help us improve our physical and mental health? That's a great question. So foods have properties, right? Foods affect not only your body, but also your mind. So if you're eating the right things at the right times, then you'll be in in perfect shape, right? I mean, of course you have to exercise and stuff, but if you know that a certain food makes you feel heavy, right? And you're eating it at nighttime, for example, if you're eating it really late and then you're not sleeping on time, then you're not going to want to wake up in the morning and you're not going to want to exercise. You're going to be tired all day. You're going to eat late again. You know, it's this whole kind of domino effect. Like you do one thing wrong and then you kind of like, you wake up, you know, you just everything kind of falls out of balance. So Ayurveda can help you with physical and mental balance by, by exactly that, right? Like by knowledge of the foods and their properties, by knowledge of how they affect your particular body type, you can keep yourself in balance. Like I, for example, every time I feel cold, I'll eat something that's heating. Every time that I feel ungrounded I'll eat like root vegetables I'll have grounding spices I'll have things that are warming especially in fall this is so important and mentally that keeps you balanced as well right because physical imbalances cause mental imbalances and the opposite is also true mental imbalances cause physical imbalances so if you're stressed about something you're unable to turn the brain off you're going it's going to manifest in the body as well and so practices in Ayurveda, like, and it's not just food, right? It's also things like eating at consistent times, including breath work, pranayama, yoga, exercise into your routine. If you do all of these things consistently, you're going to keep yourself in good shape and sleeping at the right time is so important as well. And the, like against popular kind of belief, it's not like, you don't just fall asleep, right? Like you have to create that bedtime routine. And this is what creates that tiredness in the body, right? Like the body becomes accustomed to, okay, you know, the sunset, like this is my bedtime routine. It means it's time to wind down. And by consistently practicing, 
you can get better sleep, which helps you in so many ways, right? 100%. That's one of the first questions I ask someone if they tell me they have issues with sleep. I'm like, what do you do before bed? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, what, what does that look like for you? And creating my own bedtime routine was like transformative for, for my sleep because I used to have like terrible sleep and issues falling asleep, waking up at night and, you know, really paying attention to what I was doing before bed and mm-hmm. establishing a routine. So my body knew like, oh, this is what we do before we fall asleep. <laughs> right yeah it's so powerful mm-hmm. oh the on the op of the flip side the morning routine right of like this is what we do when we wake up can be just as absolutely. impactful yeah absolutely how can ayurveda deepen your spiritual practice so ayurveda can deepen your spiritual practice because your life is not compartmentalized right it's not like mornings are for spirituality your day is for work and your evenings are for going out and drinking and, and doing all of that kind of stuff it really starts to carry over and it becomes that every, every part of your life is an aspect of your spiritual life, right? It's the spiritual aspect of your life is the overarching kind of constant that stays in your life. And so the more that you work to go further on that path, the more that you see that aspects of your life start to kind of align to that. So what they actually say is that meditation will take you deeper on this meditation is the direct route to get further on the spiritual path to make meditation easier you have to practice yoga right you have to do those practices and to make your yoga practice easier you have to follow follow the concepts of ayurveda because that's what's you know your food is everything your food becomes you like body mind and soul your food becomes you on all of these layers and so if you're eating the right things then your mind is peaceful right like it's ready to go inwards it's not restless it's not caught up in cravings and desires and aversions it's not caught up in all of these worldly things it's kind of at center and it's like okay you want to meditate all right let's do it you know it's ready I love that where can listeners find more about the work that you do so my website is parmsyoga.com. Uh, I also live on Instagram. <laughs> so parmsyoga is my handle and they can find more about me, my story, the things that I teach there. Yeah. Do you want to share a little bit more about what you do specifically? Absolutely. So what I do is as a spiritual teacher, I lead people to spiritual liberation. So what that means is really going from the surface of where we're caught up in the world and material things to coming back to our center. And you know, a lot of people refer to it as our higher selves, but it's really the core of our existence, right? So I help people to align all of these layers and to identify their blockages, release them, work through them. And I give them practices that will lead them inward consistently, right? These practices have been tried and tested for millennia and they've been used to guide people on the spiritual path so the yoga that I teach is not just like it's not hot yoga or power yoga but it's it's this yoga that comes from the source sounds amazing yeah yeah is is it mostly local or online or what does that look like for you now yeah it's online Okay. Amazing. Mm -hmm. So I will put some links in the show notes so people can find you and all of the good things that you're doing and hopefully reach out when they need some assistance with their spirituality. And thank you so much for joining me today, Parm. It was amazing. 
Yeah, thank you so much, Jenna, for having me here. This has been such a beautiful conversation. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope that you're feeling empowered with this information to nurture your own body, mind, and spirit. Did you love the episode as much as I did? And if you did, be sure to share this with me by leaving a review or taking a screenshot of the episode, sharing it on Instagram with your biggest insights, and be sure to tag me. If you aren't already following me on social media, come join me on Instagram at Simply Nurtured for daily inspiration or check out my website, simplynurtured.ca. And I really want to make sure that you know that you're supported on your journey. If you have not already joined my incredible free library of resources that include recipes, meal plans, mindset workbooks, webinars, challenges, a Facebook group, community, and free trainings, head over to simplynurture.ca and select free library in the menu to get on this exclusive free content. And be sure to share that link with your friends and enjoy. We'll see you in the next episode.